are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is a very special emergency podcast, United 96 on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. As you'll see if you're watching live with us, uh, it's it's John here live. We have Ted from another soccer game <laughs> doing a podcast at the same time. Ted, how are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Uh, I wish my you know local team could actually you know score a goal against a lower division club, but you know I watched that for 90 minutes for DC, so I guess it's the same. So not yeah. even just lower division. Aren't they an under 20? Are, are they a reserve side for a lower division team, or are they the are they the team? No, they're. I mean, they're a youth team that has a U23 side that plays in USL League Two. I think it's basically what it's going on right now. Okay. So, yep. Anyway. <laughs> That's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about the, I would say, all right, so I will, I'll, I'll set a scene for you. Uh, this morning I was, uh, was at work and I looked at my phone and I saw a tweet from Pablo on the athletics saying, uh, Hernan Mosada's out. And I was like, are there such things as 420 jokes? I know there's, <laughs> I know there's, you know, I know there's April fools, but apparently is there a 420 fool? No, there's not. Uh, and the news, the news broke. Uh, and I think all of us were sort of kind of confused. I think I would say for me first confused, uh, then disbelieving and then angry. And then I sort of just stayed angry all day long. What's, what's, uh, I'm trying to think the best way to start this. First of all, by the way, this, this, this show is going to be all about our callers. So 202-709-8441. We're going to take every one of these calls and talk through the way you feel about this. I'm going to, I'm going to go, Ted's going to go, and then we're going to hopefully get a lot of you guys in there. Ted, do you want to start sort of how you feel about this in general? And then, and then we can, we can get to taking these calls. I mean, so I I guess I started like you, I was like, I was very confused, very angry, very upset over the fact that, that this would happen so soon. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I kind of started, you know, I, I do my, I do my thinking process, which is, Usually it's a coping, it's a coping mechanism. I think at this point following DC United, it's okay. Why did they make this move? This sounds completely bizarre, completely out of left field. Uh, And then honestly, I went back to the Areola trade and I'm like, what caused that trade to actually happen? And I think I had it in the back of my head at that time. It was like, maybe it has to do with Lasada. And I, I do wonder when that trade, when that trade was formulating or that thing was going down, if, uh, Lucy Russian and uh, Dave Casper met and said, do we want to like rethink this whole Lasada thing? Because we have one of our best players being like, he wants to leave. So it, it didn't shock me, I guess, after I thought about that, because I'm like, I'm betting there, there has to be some other ulterior motive, some other, you know, some other team, some, some other, some players that are upset with how Lasada is running things. Um, and by the way, the kickers just scored. So that's, All right. that's the noise you're hearing right now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So, so let me just sort of reset for everyone. Uh, obviously, Aaron Lasada was fired. Uh, the reasons, the reasons for why that is are, are slowly leaking out uh, a article today published, I think, and updated later in the afternoon by Steve Goff sort of updated the reasons why that could be uh, by the way, uh, the bad thing about a severance package for from your employer is you are not at liberty to talk, but they can leak anonymous sources to uh, friendly reporters and say why you were fired. Uh, so it it all appears to have, uh, and I don't know if this is the this is definitive, but potentially the last straw was Ernan wanted Steve Birnbaum to come and play in Rochester. The team said no; they didn't want him to play on turf. Uh, also, he took a pretty solid knock to the head in the Austin game, but I don't know if that's related. But uh, he, they did not bring him. The team supported, put their foot down. Uh, Arnon played a team of mostly young players and, and Loudon players, and then the three disappointing uh, uh, big signings of the team, Edison Flores, Michael Estrada, and Nigel Berthal, sort of had a major part to play. The challenge for me here is, and sort of and looking at that Paul Ariel trade, obviously now in hindsight, it wasn't maybe about his family. It maybe wasn't about wanting to play closer to California. It might have been about Hernan. But if that was the case, the team decided to stick with Hernan. 
and then decided six games later, oh no, never mind. If 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 that if it was so bad to that point that they're willing to give up their best player with almost no ability to recoup and replace him, then to me that says this was not a very this was not a very big this is not your the forethought was not there. It was like a it was if you're gonna stick with Ernan, stick with Ernan. If you're going to give into player power, give into player well, power. They it's gotten between two of them. Well, to to that point, John, to that point, let me just say that I, I don't mind the team sticking with or not at that point. I think conversations had started. I think this, this, this had to be a culmination. And I think the results maybe had, were not, while not being the only reason, were the final straw. We're just like the, 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 the ending to, the, to everything. Because I, I think there had been grumblings. There had been rumors amongst the team. And in my opinion, if you lose the team, what, what do you have left? Like, I understand you could blow it up at that point. And I understand there are a lot of people out there that are upset at the players. They're upset, of every, at, up, upset at everybody. But at that point, when you lose the team, what do you have left? And I think the team has decided to you know, to basically save the season and has decided that this wasn't working anymore. So two problems with that for me, saving the season does not mean giving the team to Chad Ashton and also saying, we like the players we have. That means a, we're not signing anybody else. We like the team we have. We underperform. I don't think that that means, I don't think that means that by the way, but okay. But it means giving Chad Ashton the club for the, for the season. And then also saying he's in line to potentially get the full-time job next season. If you were looking at this club, Last season, and that's what Casper said today. He said it's not about six games; it's about the last fifteen or twenty games. If you were looking at those up to that point, a had your best player or designated player saying, "I want to go," and let him go. So you've decided, all right, well, we're going to give him some more leash. You gave him six more games. You let that happen, and you don't have a replacement in mind. You just say, "Well, we've got Chad around. Chad's been here for a while. Chad did well in that one time for six games." So. We don't. We want to save the season, so we're going to give the club to him. And with, with not having a replacement in mind, that's our choice. If this was a long-term plan, the long-term next step is to me seems to have no plan. I can't imagine Chad was the long-term, like you know, the concern going into it. We, it. Go ahead, Ted. No, and th- and this is the problem. I mean, this is honestly the problem I I have spoken about for several weeks, which is we do not have Dave Casper. We do not have Lucy Russian. We don't have anybody higher up than the coach actually giving any type of vision. So it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that there is anger, that there's, I'm upset because I feel like this idea, like I had bought into this idea of Hernan Lasada as the coach and now they have yanked it. And so I'm, I'm just as upset as you are. I'm just as upset as everyone else. I am trying to piece together what happened. And I do think that Julian Gressel gave us some insight that he was at least on the verge or very close to losing the locker room. Yeah. And so uh, to, to me, the, the upsetting thing about that is Aaron did not come from Belgium and become a different coach. He was exactly who he said he was going to be. He is about preparation. He is about physical preparation and, and, and maximizing your talent and being a professional on and off the field. And that's what he did. And the players knew that was going to happen. They knew that would be the case. And now all of a sudden, a year, a year and a half on, they're like, well, yeah, I don't like having to, to track my food at home. And I don't like the getting fined for being fat. And I don't like all these things that are truthfully part of normal life at a club in Europe. And all of a sudden, we're hearing mis- we're malcontents from, from players in the club. I've none, none who have put their name to it. But Julian, in that same interview, is alluding to players who had lost the vision, not him. And also Bill Hamid put a very nice tweet up about it on. But to, to me, the expectations were known by the club and they were known by the players. So you got to get on board or get out of the way. You don't sign a, cl- a, a coach like him to a three-year contract, give him one year and six games and be like, oh, well, it appears that the methods that he advertised that he was going to do are actually, we don't like them. Never mind. Chad Ashton's your team. Give it a shot. Make them have fun again. No, and, and 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 again, I I don't I don't doubt that the team made obviously the team the front office everybody deserves some deserves to be absolutely accosted I guess for I guess making the decision to hire. I'm just I'm coming from a perspective of that 
Hernan Lasada. Hernan Lasada very clearly lost the locker room. And you talk about all those other things that you talked about with the the weight training. And I think that he came into a situation. He gave a direction, gave a vision of how he wanted this team to play. And I think that was very appealing to who was there. But I always did wonder, how is he going to adapt to that situation? How is he going to, once that gets a little stale, you have to be as a manager, you have to adapt a little. And I think Julian Gressel alluded to it in his podcast. He said nobody wanted to, there were some players out there that basically got tired of hearing it. And I think there were some that were like, okay, I'm bought in. You know, this is, it was a terrible 2022 season. I want to buy into this. And basically then came into the next season and it was kind of the same thing. And maybe they thought that things would get better or things would get lighter. But in my opinion, like he just kept the same thing. He might've softened a little bit. And I think towards, maybe towards preseason, he maybe decided like, I can't be as hard as I am. He went on press. I think he had press conferences where he was like, I may have been a little harsh. Like it was a COVID year, like blah, blah, blah. I understand that. Um, but I, I think he didn't lighten enough and didn't give way on some of these players. At the end of the day, these are still human beings. And I feel like we kind of lose a little bit. And we think that these guys are just robots and they're just soccer players. That's all we care about. These guys have families. They have lives. I mean, I would honestly be very curious to know what happened with the Birnbaum situation, but that's, you know, neither here or there. Like, was it Birnbaum being telling the front office? Like, look, I don't want to go to Rochester. Like, I, they don't need me to beat this team. That's not, or, but that's not, that's not his job as a player. That, yeah, that is not his, that is not his role. He does not choose when he is to be picked. If he's healthy, he's, he, he can, the coach can select any player he wants. That's why, that's why there's a coach and the players can. don't volunteer. He absolutely, he absolutely can select any player that he wants. But if a player is like, look, I don't think you guys need me. I want to stay home. And then a player and then the coach is like, no, you're coming. Or then he goes all the way to the front office. I don't know, man. I I personally just feel like that. If that's the case, I feel like there was something lost. And in the fact that right now we are dealing with the fact that we have both Annie Nahar and Bill Hamid out for several weeks. So I think there was something I think this team looked at and he was saying, oh, look, we get better training. We're not going to have as many injuries. Well, your two best player, your two, your starting goalkeeper and your best player so far this season is now out with injury. Andy Nahar getting an injury is as predictable as the sun coming up. So that, that I would not, I don't want to throw that at Arnon's feet. Like the, a, a stiff wind can, can pull Andy Nahar's hamstring. But anyway, I want to make sure we get into calls. I, I, I think that, I think that we, the challenge here. I think is that uh, there is a there's a there's an understanding of professionalism that the club had that Ernan had and the players have and they're not lining up. Ernan came to this club and said, "How are these players out of shape coming out of coming out of preseason? I cannot understand this in my long career, both playing and coaching now shortly in Belgium. How these players could come into camp fat and out of shape? I am here to fix this situation." And the club was like, "Yeah." Ben Olsen was too easy on these players for 10 years. They walked, they walked all over him. And as a result, we've won nothing except for an open cup and times need to change. And when you make that decision, you need to stick with that coach long enough. And when players are not on board, understanding that they may feel differently uh, and they may feel that this is not for me, you as a front office, you make that commitment to get him his players and move players on that don't want to be with the program. And that's fine. It's, it's totally fine that Paul wanted to leave. He's within his rights. He did it, I believe, actually very professionally. We didn't hear that he had problems with Ernan. We didn't hear anything. He just sat there and took it and said, I want to go get me out of here. And then they got him out of there. And that's what you do so, with other players that didn't want to get with the program. If the program is so, the program. So th- that that would not cause you pause to have one of your best players, one of your most hard hardworking players. A guy like nobody talked about him not fitting in Lasada's system. I find it very interesting. No one talked about him not fitting in Lasada's system until he wanted to trade. I think we might have lost Ted. Yeah, so that that is true. Uh, while we get Ted back, let me take a caller. Uh, as we, I think we have Joe. Joe, are you on? Yeah. Hey, John. How's it going? Good, Joe. Talk to me. How are you feeling about this uh, pretty sudden move? 
You know, it's uh, you guys covered a whole bunch of points that uh, that I certainly have been kind of going through today. You know, certainly I'm I'm very confused how how they 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 had to have known what his requirements would be when he came in. They had to know this was going to go this direction. Um, and so, and I don't I don't really want to step on the point that you guys have made. You know, fairly eloquently so far. I think you know one of the things that other things that I had is. Uh, this was kind of DC United's way to, to, to bridge that gap between MLS and Europe that I think the MLS teams are really trying to do and bring these these other styles into this league. And I really think that you know they 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 took they took a chance by bringing him in. They they brought him in late in the preseason last year. They gave him this preseason with a, with a fairly uninspired you know off season. So why why pack the bags and run now? You know I, I think that you know certainly they the areola situation was was not great we all knew there was something else to this uh we didn't exactly know what it was and i think it's starting to come out now i think we are starting to see that there was this issue in the front office with Hernan Nassau. the 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 moves they were making the needs that he was far too publicly vocal about and yep. we all know that as well but i really I, I, well, my confusion is why why dip the toe in the water now and then turn and run he said he yep. wanted three years to do this. He, he said he had to build the team, had to build the, the system, had to build the capabilities, had set foundations, and continue to grow from there. We all see the deficiencies in some of the players and some of the systems and, and really where the, where the process still has yet to be implemented and become muscle memory for these players. So I'm really confused, you know, why they pack their bags and run now because I loved that they were bringing this other style in, that they were – bridging that gap with these players, having a more European style, bringing that pressing system with an absolute foot on the gas, you know, offensive mentality that this team certainly has never had since maybe 96 or 97. And, and you see the, the other teams like Seattle, you see these other teams doing that fluidly and successfully. I was very excited about that, but I, I, I suspect we're going to have, you know, more coming out between, you know, between Lasada and the front office and the players and things like that. I don't think there's going to be a big, massive burning fire here. I think it's just going to be disagreements and lack of support. Yeah, I, I think that it was inevitable, like you said, when you repeatedly poke the bear and say, hey, I need players. Here are the players that I need. Here are the positions you didn't fill. Here are the players you allowed to leave and, and did not replace with anyone else. And uh, here's why we're going to be bad. Hey, the field that you just built sucks. The, the, it's, it, the, right. the field is hard. I don't know where any, literally everything that he could have pointed out. He was over and over again saying how bad it was. Uh, and, and there's only so much of that you can do before you get fired. Uh, you, you can, you can only tell truth to power so many times before eventually uh, you get some sort of consequence. And I think too, you made a, a great point to call out the fact that uh, they, the timing is, is insane to me. Taxi just came. Okay. So is the idea that you don't want to ruin taxi potentially, you know, what kind of coach Ernan is and you know, what kind of player taxi is, you know, taxis had problems at previous clubs. You know, he's had, he was, he forced his exit out of this club. Uh, the fans right. there were, he's had problems with coaches. The fans were upset at him. So like, are you, are you saying that that seems like a combustible mix, uh, a, a hard disciplinarian coach and a player who forced himself to uh, to leave a club, maybe that maybe we want to make sure that we get a much more friendly coach in, so that we don't we don't you know immediately destroy the new player that we just bought. As far as or have him immediately want to leave, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I, Joe, I I, I, I think that I think also the Chad Ashton thing. If he wasn't right to start this last year when they were going through the whole process, then why is he right now? And that that's really confusing as well. Very uninspiring to say, oh, he was our best. He was our best option from a domestic standpoint. He could have gotten the club if not for Hernan, but Hernan was in fact bad. So he's fired. And now Chad has the job uh, a year, a year and six games later. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, right? I think uh, if you had to put blame on this, if you had to apportion blame, I think everyone's got a little bit to blame front office, Hernan and the players. What What's the what's the pie chart look like for you? I put you on the spot to be hey, mad. I'm sorry. No, sorry. sorry you, I, did it again. It broke up a bit. Sure. So I, I think blame blame could be sort of put onto everybody. Uh, it, dividing up between uh, Ernan, the club, or Ernan, the front office, and the players. How do you divide up that blame out of 100? percent Yeah. 
I look at the, the front office. The buck has to stop there, right? They're they are responsible for setting the vision. They're responsible for bringing in the coach that enforces that. They sort of, you know, set, sends that vision out onto the field. They're responsible for supporting that vision. Uh, I I just don't believe that that Ursa, you know Ernan uh, Lasada is doing anything that they weren't prepared for. I don't believe that. I think this guy from day one has been aggressive and has been very excited about you know going full bore on everything. And I you know they they supported him. They they you know the system that they put together in the off season to get the guys in shape to track them. You know there's a there's a super intense you know, weight, you know, uh, you know, weight measurement you know, twice a week and, and, you know, very rigid um, cardio schedule that they're on. I just don't believe that, that there's any surprises for this team right now. So I think that, I think the majority goes on the front office and the players for sure, they, they, you know, they have to, they have to respond and they've, they've got to learn and they've got to get better and they've got to improve. And I think they, they have said themselves, Gressel said today, he said, look, man, we like, we have not performed. And, and there's a lot of that that's on us, no matter who the coach is. And he's right. Yep. Absolutely. Joe, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. So everybody else, we had our, we can line up our next caller here at 202-709-8441. Uh, I think, you know, I, I can monologue a little bit. I believe Ted is uh, trying to get to a better area with better service. To, to me, the expectations of count your steps, count your food, no, crisp, no, uh, no birthday cake, all those things, they suck, right? You wouldn't want them in your job. I wouldn't want them in my job. Um, professional athlete is a different kind of job. Professionalism is a different expectation. Professionalism in any job is what, what does your employer expect of you? If it's reasonable, you stay there and you, and you try to meet it or exceed it. If you don't think it's reasonable, you leave or you try to get them to change it. I just don't understand the sort of the viewpoint that Ernan was being unreasonable. The front office knew what he wanted. I think the fines for being overweight are, are kind of annoying, kind of small, tiny, kind of nitpicky. But if it wasn't happening, he wouldn't have had an institute of fine system. So clearly the players were just deciding to not get all the way in, to not buy all the way in. And I don't know why. These players do not come from a legacy of success. They don't have a long pedigree of winning. This is not a bunch of Wayne Rooney's, Right. These players have had one trophy with U.S. Open Cup. I, I'm trying to think there's only one player left from that. That's Bill Hamid. Thus, I don't understand why they don't see a player, a, a coach coming in from outside, trying to institute discipline, trying to raise everyone's level up to a level where they can potentially either move on somewhere else, compete. Ernan knew that this team was not going to spend. He didn't necessarily know they were going to sell his best players and not replace them, but he knew they weren't going to spend. So they were going to have to maximize their talent. They were going to have to get every little tiny bit of skill out of these players out of this roster. And if they didn't do that, they wouldn't win. They would not compete and they, and they wouldn't win. Uh, Nancy, we have a Nancy first time caller on the line. How are you doing, Nancy? Good. First time caller, long time listener. First time. That's caller. right. You are. <laughs> so Nancy, what do you think about this move? I agree with everything that you said. I think DC did the fans really dirty today and I've been steaming about it all day. And then I was reading Julian Gressel's uh, comments that Goff tweeted out. And it really struck me that he said that the players really wanted more say and more freedom. And I just think that the audacity of that is so mm -hmm. great because we don't have Wayne Rooney. Perhaps he has earned the right and the influence to have that kind of say we don't have a Zlatan. We don't have a Carlos Vela. So that is absolutely ridiculous. And so I agree with what you said about, you know, burn bomb. This is his job. You know, we yep. don't get to like not, you know, turn in a project or turn in an assignment because we don't feel like it that day. Um, and just like Wayne on a sentimental side, I also think that like I have personally enjoyed um, following Ernan's like Instagram and his instant sort of love of DC and embracement of the fans and just his love of of soccer really comes through and his support of the young players and I don't understand the timing I I'm just stunned today so that's all I want to say. Uh, I, I think the comment too that you made about Nancy before you go the comment that you made about Wayne is great too because Wayne's coach was Ben Olsen 
And the only thing we ever heard from Wayne as this team was not, not succeeding. They weren't bringing in any other players when he was told that they were going to, he basically just said, well, training's a little different, but we didn't hear any leaks to the media that actually Ben Olsen doesn't know what he's doing. And this front office is a joke. He was professional. He was professional in in what can be classified as potentially an unprofessional environment. So that is the difference, right? You have a Wayne Rooney that has won everything everywhere. And then you have, Whoever was mad, you have a, I don't want to guess who it was because we don't know. I don't want to throw anyone's name out, but somebody who was like, you know, I'm really mad that you find me $5 because I was two pounds over and I'm not going to try as hard now. You've lost me. Uh, And that's the difference between that player and Wayne Rooney. One of them wins and one of them doesn't. And Nancy, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay. Once again, that number is 202-709-8441. You know, the, I think the Wayne Rooney gap is, is I think, mar- remarkable and notable. And I mean, maybe Steve didn't want to play on turf and maybe he thought that it would be best. They would be best served. They didn't need him. Agreed. They should not need him. But as if you were watching that game, it was zero, zero at halftime. So who knows what they needed? They had they had their desert. They had their only designated player on the field. He was ineffective. They had their big offensive off signing off off season signing Michael Estrada on the field. Ineffective, subbed off at halftime. Nigel Bertha comes on at halftime, scores. We know how I feel about Nigel Bertha. I'm not a huge fan. I think I think pretty ineffective. Um, so who knows who we needed? But even if that was the case, you, you you get on the plane. You're the captain. You know, if you're unhealthy, you're unhealthy. If you're healthy, you're available. That's how it should work. Uh, I got some. I'll read some of the comments here in the chat. Uh, Edison Edison Floor. The fact that Edison Flores is still here and Hernan Lozada is not is not fair <laughs> and not right. Uh, let's see. Bringing uh, this is a good point by Jesse Leifert. Bringing up the young gu- the young guys to show up the money players was frowned upon. I think that's right. Jackson Hopkins getting the start over Edison Flores. I w- I can very much see that being something that steamed up the front office. Like we bought you these players to play and not bring in Jackson Hopkins and start him and play him ninety minutes. I think that's very possible that that was a problem. But you know. Uh, it worked out until it didn't. <laughs> uh, we've got Patrick on the line. Patrick, are you there? Yes. Good evening. Uh, good evening. You know, I, what do you think? I think uh, I agree with you way more than I agree with Ted on this. But one thing that I think Ted does have the pulse on is that the front office is horrible at communication. And we've heard no real answers from them. And you know, if this was a problem, today was the first we heard of it. You mm-hmm. know, there was no laying the groundwork for a change. And clearly, they weren't laying the groundwork for a change because otherwise, Chad Ashton would not be the interim coach if they had really been planning this. They would have had someone better. So they've got open training and media availability tomorrow. But who they don't have there is Lucy Rushton. Or Dave Casper, you just have uh, interim now, interim Chad Ashton, and uh, and some of the players. So Chad will have to sit there and answer all these questions from from myself and others, and the people who made the decision will not. And I bet you that they will they will there will be some sort of availability on a one on one basis with Steve Goff later to sort of give organizational thinking. But personally, I think they should be available to answer questions tomorrow and not just sort of throw. Chad Ashton didn't do anything wrong. He just keeps surviving, right? Like he is, he is, uh, you don't want to call him a cockroach, but like he keep, he survived. He was Tommy Stone, survived. Ben Olsen survived. Aaron Masada survived. And here he stands and now is the coach. So uh, I guess good for him. But yeah, I, communication's a problem, right? That's not new. This club does not believe in proactive communications. It's just they've, they've, they've never been that way as long as I've been a fan. Any other things you want to talk about? Today, about the, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Gressel, uh, 3.30 afternoon today you know, hopped on a Twitter spaces to actually communicate. And, you know, if you looked at who was listening, Mm -hmm. it was a lot of employees of DC United, uh, you know, a lot of journalists, a lot of fans, and we're hungry to get a real perspective. And, you know, if you look at Julian's comments, Bill Hamid's comments, you know, clearly your top echelon players were, were bought in, you know, if you look at a Kevin Paredes, he seemed to be bought in last he did. year and had a great season, upped his physicality, upped his game, got sold 
and went to a way better club. You know, the, there were clearly results if you were, you were, you know, getting better and, and, and bought in. And to for somehow this front office to feel beholden or listen to some players who were complaining about doing the base level of being a professional athlete is absurd. Yep. I think I, I think it's inarguable. Patrick, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Thank you. See ya. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, I tend to think that Julian had, uh, Julian had some talking points in front of him. Uh, I think that you would not have had, uh, I saw some comms folks there. I saw, I saw Claudia Pagan there. I don't think he would have been uh, speaking freely off the cuff without some sort of conversation about what would be uh, available to say and what would be not be. But uh, I was on there. Everybody I know that follows this team was on there. So that tells you to Patrick's point, how hungry people were for real information uh, and for, you know, real, uh, real, here's Ted's coming back. Ted has joined us. So we're going to have to figure out how to get him back into the, back into the fold. Again, the number is it's scrolling slowly. So 202-709-8441. Ted, welcome back. We have, uh, we have been taking calls uh, from a lot of folks that have uh, mixed feelings, some positivity, some negativity. Uh, so uh, some points too from the, uh, I think either from the article or from the, the Twitter spaces that Ernan will be back at the Performance Center tomorrow to say goodbye to the club. Today, he was not uh, feeling up to it. So I, obviously that they've, it's hard to get fired and then show up at work the next day and be ready to party. Uh, so I wonder what else we'll hear around that, maybe either from players uh, speaking or uh, maybe him, maybe help, maybe Aaron will speak to the media potentially on his own. Probably not. Uh, but that's something else to, to look at. Ted, are you, uh, are you there? I am back. I'm back in my house, by the way. Ooh, you sound, you sound, I don't hear drums. I uh, do not hear cheering. It was nice. It was ambiance. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Watching, uh, watching the kickers score a goal, actually win the game that should have been over at 90 minutes is a lot of fun. Let me just I bet. tell you. We've got, uh, we've got Will on the line. Will, what do you think about this, uh, this, this news today? Hey, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? All right. Um, well, I guess the first off, you know, pretty uh, frustrated. Um, I actually used to work for the front office of FC Cincinnati for the first three years in MLS, so I know how my condolences, coaches, and yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> got out of it. You know, I'm and, I'm uh, kidding. It's cool. It's cool to work for a soccer team. I was just, you know, I'm just having fun. So no, no, yeah, it, go ahead, continue. It was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun experience, but uh, you know, got back to BC and living here, and got to support the black and red again as a, uh, since I was a kid, and. It's ultimately frustrating um, getting rid of a coach out there, you know, been trying to change the culture for the last 10 years um, when, you know, obviously Ben Olsen had 10 plus years and I don't know, it was exciting to be a, a fan again and watch the team change, bring in different players. And it's ultimately, like I said, quite frustrating that there isn't very open communication on the reasons behind it. It's kind of silly to really, you know, fire a coach what six seven games into the season with no initially no plan in place yeah i think you have to be i think you have to be somewhat charitable to say that the plan in place was always to appoint chad uh maybe maybe it was that there's going to be rationalization after the fact saying we had interviews we were going to hire him but then the last second ernan came came by and and that was that uh we'll, we'll that, see go ahead Ted. no that the that's honestly, that's a great point. <laughs> it's the lack of communication that gets me about this team. It's the lack of a lack of communication about a vision. Honestly, Hernan brought the only vision that we've had, which is, and I don't doubt that that's a huge issue with this team, is that there is nobody else other than him. Let's, let's look at the fact that, and I don't know if you brought this up. I apologize, guys. Game goes to extra time. You got to be there. So I think everybody can attest to that. Um, the fact that when tomorrow we're going to have a press conference with uh, with Chad Ashton, yep. with a couple of players, and there is going to be nobody from the front office. Nobody is going to actually speak to the media to answer some questions like, what's the vision of this team? What's the future? And that has been par for the course. And I guarantee you, like Dave Casper sits in his office and does the same thing. 
it's like, oh, I'm going to fire a coach and we're just going to pass it down, pass it down the line. Um, so, so that in and of itself, I think is a huge issue is the lack of communication with fans, the lack of an idea as to what this vision is. What's the future? Is it playing young players? And more, I just want them to say it, just be like, oh, we're, we can't spend like the big boys. Let's play young players. And if that is, we think Chad Ashton can do that. Honestly, in a six game stint, he played young players. He played guys like Kevin Paredes. Honestly, when he, when Kevin Paredes, I think played in one of those games, I was like, oh, this guy could be good. Like this guy could actually be really good. There were some injuries I, I recall at that time that forced his hand on that, but uh, listen, he, yeah, no, but, but, but none of itself, he still played him and he still yep. showed something out of that game. So, I mean, that, yeah. Julian, Julian sort of uh, pointed out that their, their record was good uh, with him on there, but will, did you have any other points you wanted to, to bring across? Yeah, I guess one thing, I guess, the I guess our brand of soccer or as a, as a, as a team is we're going to be like the Philadelphia union, I guess, or Seattle where mm-hmm. we develop our young talent. We're obviously not going to spend money or get these attractive big names like LA or New York. So, I mean, it's probably like a three, four year process now with uh, whoever our next coach is to be competitive for a cup. Thanks. Thanks for the time guys. Yeah. Thank you. I think that, I think it's notable that we fired the guy, the system guy that had a grand vision. Chad Ashton is the most like he's the man, right? Like he's been here. (laughs) There's nobody more. Someone brought this up. Like no one's been involved in more games did Chad Ashton, anybody, Ben Olson and Chad Ashton are it. Chad, Chad remains, right? So if you're looking for a departure from the past, if you're looking from a grand new vision, granted, he didn't have the lead job before and he didn't call the shots, but if he really had, like he obviously is in the room with the coaches. If he had something new, some new idea, some way to, some way to approach these players or motivate them in a way that hadn't been done before in this amount of time, he probably would have shared that with whoever his boss was at the time. So what we're going to have is if he gets the job and maintains, there is, there's nothing new coming. There's, there, there are potentially, and I, and maybe it doesn't matter, but it's just, a, it's just a, how can we make a better product out of the ingredients we already have? And I don't, you know, that's not an exciting thing for fans. I don't think, I think if, I think if that were the case, I think we'd be seeing a lot less angst. Uh, than we're seeing right now. It's it's a day fresh and it's the internet, but I think that people want us, people want to see growth. If we're not going to win, they want to see how we're going to get to where we want to be. And Chad Ashton, that hire to me does not, I don't know how you're going to sell yeah. me on the future. And honestly, I'm going to go with caps lock here or there. Uh, he says he's been here forever referring to Chad Ashton. I mean, it's about time he gets a legit chance to be the guy so I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. I think this team is like, you know what, Chad, you've been here for a while. Let's see what happens. This team makes the playoffs. Do you think you think you want Chad in here? Do you, do you if this team makes the playoffs, wins a playoff game? Sure. Do you oh, want yeah. Chad? Yeah. Yeah. That, but, that, <laughs> but to me, to, to me, giving him a fair chance is one thing. Giving him an entire season. That's a fair chance it, in my opinion. I mean, a, honestly. That's a fair I, chance. There are plenty of, of long life assistants. Dave Sarakan didn't get this long to coach a team. And he was, he was an assistant coach just as long as Chad Ashton to a team that won a lot more games. So yeah. I, no one's entitled to the, to the full, to the head coach job. If he was, no, if he no was in demand, no, no one's entitled, but you have to admit that, that Chad Ashton has been here for a while. And I honestly, I honestly thought they were just going to give him the job at, at a certain point this season, when this team was approaching the playoff line, I'm like, if they make the playoffs, I don't know how you don't give him the job at this point. They missed it. And I think that allowed them to go this route. I think they wanted to go this route, but at this time he has eight months to get this team into shape. I have no question. I actually will not be surprised that this team walks in on Saturday and pace. I will be so furious if that happens. (laughs) I will, I will lose my mind. I will be there. I will, I will, I will be furious. You're not, you're not, you're not ready for Flores being an MVP candidate. Like saying, (laughs) I was so mad about the running. I'm, he was so mean that I wasn't trying. And now with Chad Ashton here, I'm going to, I'm going to try. Anyway, we've got, we've got another caller here. We got a caller on the line. Yeah. Let's get to him. I I have a response to you on that. Greg, hit him. Big. How you feel? How you doing? Good, how are you? We're just wonderful, Greg. What do you think about this move? <laughs> I've got to wonder about the timing of it because 
here's the thing. If they knew they were going to fire him before yesterday, why didn't they fire him before the U.S. Open Cup match? Because then you've got Chad Ashton starting with a relatively meaningless game. He can get the hang of things before going all into the fire. So that makes me think that they did not make that decision until after the U.S. Open Cup game. So what did he do that game that was so bad would get him fired? And probably has Appar- I, guess I, it's the, I, I guess it's the burn bomb thing. If yeah, that, is that the thing that it. got him fired? It has to be it. That, ha- that has to be... That has to be the what pushed it over the edge, in my opinion. That had to just shove it like tomato, 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 boo. (laughs) Go ahead, Greg. Greg, Sorry, sorry, interrupt, Greg. It was just saying it's got to be that I don't know what else it could be. I mean, it's possible the front office is just incompetent. That wouldn't surprise me, but my guess is it's got something to do with Vern Bomber. Yeah, I, I I bet we'll I bet we'll hear, be hearing more about that in the next couple in the next couple days, because if that was really yeah. the 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 final straw that they've got to they've got to provide a little more context around that if that's really what it is. Greg, mm-hmm. appreciate the call and always appreciate the support, man. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Take uh, care. Someone else just joined. I want to make sure that we reset on the on the what what happened with Steve Birdbaum. So if you had a chance to read the Steve Goff article. The only bit of sort of like gray smoke emanating from uh, from the team is that Burnbaum was uh, Ernan wanted Burnbaum to travel to Rochester to play. The team, the the front office said, "No, you're not bringing him." We don't know why, and we don't know if it was injury, if Burnbaum himself said he wasn't ready or didn't think he wanted to go or whatever. That we don't know that. All we know is that Ernan wanted him there, and he wasn't on the plane because the front office intervened. So that is that is all we know. But but to to Greg's point, I would imagine after the three two, I, I feel like that is the time you fire coach. If it's about if it's about sort of like if someone's on a hair like right on a hair trigger, that incident would be the thing. Like all right, you lost this team. We got it. We got it. We got to make a move. Not you wanted a, you wanted to bring Steve Burnbaum to Rochester. That seems that seems wild to me. But you wanted uh, Ted. You wanted to address my statement before the the call. Yeah, I, so I, I want to get into your statement because because I, I do feel, and I think I said this earlier, I, I apologize, guys, it's been wild, but I, I feel like if players are not happy, it, we've all worked a job that has been awful. And I personally feel like we treat soccer players differently than if we're in that situation or we are a Starbucks barista, so to speak, and we're, we have a crap manager. I honestly, I actually sympathize with any player that has been around from 2020 to 2021. I worked a job like that where I, uh, we had a manager who was let go. Um, It was a very confusing time, but as we got into it, we all kind of felt directionless. Like we didn't know what we were going to do. We had a manager come in who said, I'm going to get this, you know, this store into shape. We're going to meet our sales goals. Everything's going to be great. And at the time I bought into it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And then I realized he was actually a really terrible manager. Very, very bad would just yell at us all the time over little, the littlest things was very clearly trying to get me removed from the job. Um, And I I feel personally that is what maybe some players were going through. Maybe some of those that didn't speak up, you know, last season that were upset, that were, you know, that, that, that were upset at this point uh, that they basically said like, and I feel like we generally try to treat these soccer players like robots and that they are not humans still doing a job just like we do a job that if you're not happy and I feel like you're, 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 your solution about how like, Oh, they just quit. No, they, they have to be moved on like Paul did. And, and that's what happened. Well, Paul, Paul has leverage. That's the mm-hmm. difference. Like there are some players out there that do not have the leverage that Paul does, like that do not have the ability to be traded. And I think Paul realized he had leverage. He had a national team pedigree. He knew that there would be offers for him. And he was right. We have Don on the line. Don, go ahead. Jump in, my friend. Don, are you there? Um, yeah. Yep. Can you hear me? We can. Yep. yep. So what do you think about this move? Oh man, it's terrible. Um, I, I'm more, uh, I'm more on the side with John here about, about the players. This is these, these are professional athletes and they, most of them had it way too easy on their Olsen and 
they Lasada comes in, says, "Hey guys, you kind of have to act like professional athletes," and they're like, "Oh no, this guy, uh, <laughs> what are we gonna do now?" I feel like it, I'm, I'm I'm also with John that if if Flores comes out and plays like a man on fire against New England, I I I, <laughs> I will be extremely upset because he was clearly dogging it to get Lazada fired. Um, and any comments that Lazada made about he he only wanted the best for DC United. It was clear he wanted to take this club to the next level and it seems like people from the uh top the front office down to some of the players um uh did not want that and uh that's a huge problem to me and uh i'll uh let you guys go have a good one guys don, don i appreciate it ted i will i'll ask i'll ask you a question from your previous example did did you and other did you and other people at your office intentionally perform less well to get your man to get that no. manager that was me to you fired no no I, and again i'm not saying that i'm i'm not saying that there are that there are people out there that perform less well i came into that job and still tried to give everything that i had i even tried to do the things that he was telling me to do and i feel like from that situation how happy you are still impacts sure. how well you play and it, it, honestly, I will not be upset. Honestly, no one here is going to be upset. I guarantee you, no one is going to be upset if, like, Flores drops a hat trick against New England. Let's say I will literally and, be upset. I will. I, I'm. I'm I promise I, you. I, I guarantee you. Okay, you might be upset, but I guarantee you, there'll be other people in that stadium that will not be upset. If 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 this team pulls it together this year, if they go out and they run a route. Like everybody is complaining. And the biggest thing that gets me is when people talk about these are mediocre players, mediocre players. I'm like, no, there's some good players in here. Julian Gressel has not had a great season. I know he has said he was thankful for thank- what for what Ernan gave him. He was thankful for Hernan, but I, you know, he's also hosting a podcast. I guarantee I I really want to know. Like, I guarantee you he had to be like, what's the interest for this like live podcast? Knowing everybody's here and he had to go talk to his team to make sure it was okay. And there were people from DC United Media that were on that podcast to make sure he did not say anything that would go over go across board. Ted, I, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to blow our own horn. We have more people listening to this right now than yeah. Fair enough. That. So <laughs> fair if, enough. if it was about blowing up his podcast, uh, probably not the move. But uh, here's my thing: I want more Julian Gressels on the team, right? Yeah, not just from absolutely. a skill perspective, but like I want you to make me better. I know I'm where I'm at right now. I, I'm I'm an MLS player. I'm where I'm at in my pyramid. I'm however old I am. I have I have goals to either be the best I can be at MLS or I want to go elsewhere. And no matter where I go from here on and up, there's going to be things asked of me. And it's going to be sometimes asked in a way that I don't want it to be asked, conveyed in a way that I don't think is fair. And the only way I'm going to be able to succeed in those situations is be adaptable, keep my head down and be professional. I understand you're a human. Everybody gets upset at work. Everybody feels that they're being asked to do things that aren't either in their best interest, the organization's best interest, that their manager's a dummy, and they know better. That's everybody. That's all the time, and emotions do affect the way you play. But the only way you're going to succeed is to overcome that and succeed despite it. Julian Gressel had a wonderful year under this under this scenario. He's had an up-and-down year this season. That is what you want to see. That's that that is That is the... That is the way you grow as a player and the way that you up-level your entire organization. And if we have less Julians on the team and more players that are just like, I don't like this, this sucks. This is not how I, this is not the way I want to be. This is not the way I want to be treated. This is not the way I want to play soccer. Then we're not going to up-level the team. And and Chad isn't going to change those things. He can make those players happy again, but he's not going to make them better than they were. You're not going to be all of a sudden a better player just because you can eat birthday cake again. You can play better. Trust me. If you're happier, you can play better on that field. That's all I'm going to say. So Eric on the line, jump on in. Jump on in. Hey, Hey, I I just want to say, I think that we've heard a lot of uh, uh, discourse from a lot of the fans about how uh, there's one side of the story that a lot of us believe. I personally myself believe it where Hernan has been asking a lot of the players. He's been asking a lot of the front office. He's been asking the questions that all of us have been asking, uh, when will you spend the money that's required to put a winning team on the field? When 
will you put uh, when, when will you hold players accountable for the fitness goals for the the buy-in that we all as fans expect of them um, there's the other side of the coin which is the players and some of the other voices we've been hearing which is uh, we've been pushed way too hard I've been asked to do things that I'm not physically capable of I've been asked to do things that are beyond what a reasonable employee player uh, uh, should do um, and Right now, I don't have myself the information to make a decision one way or the other about how to feel about this. I know that I'm very upset myself, um, but that's just my emotions. That's not me logically. Logically, I'm like, I need more information before I can make a definitive uh, judgment on this. What I'm more concerned about, personally, as a fan of, of, of this larger organization, which is DC United, is that I have not been given any information beyond Hernan's complaints and beyond the promises that have been made publicly by the team, which mm -hmm. have been, yes, Hernan, we're going to give you the player if you require. Yes, we are buying into the nutritionist. We are, we are as a, a, an organization buying into your vision for where the club should be moving forward uh, athletically, uh, stylistically. And I think that, that's, that that just feels wrong to me. Um, so I just, I don't know. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that because, uh, I really appreciate your guys' opinions. Eric, thank you. That's a, that's, that's a great question. And two, I want to make sure that we, uh, put an ad here, uh, folks, if you're watching this live, we do this every Monday night at eight 30. <laughs> Uh, we don't have a coach fired every week, but we do have a podcast every week. Uh, so make sure you uh, subscribe here, follow us, and also download the podcast at 1996. So I think Eric brings up a really good point, is that the team paid for the nutritionist. The team gave him a new, tra give new training staff. Eric Manuel got let go last year, or he left the team, it never was never really said. But they, but they made changes around that system. Do you think that is a admission that they saw some validity and truth in what he was saying about these players are eating like crap. They're not fit. If we're going to succeed, we've got to do those things. And then they backed them up with, with money and staff. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think they did. I, I think they did everything. They said they're like, all right, or we're going to give you what you want. We're going to give you the success. I, I do think that, I think they went into this off season. I do think, I do think the, maybe the Paul Ariola situation gave them pause and say, wait a minute, you know, we've got one guy who has the capital to want to be traded. What are there others that are out there? And maybe they started talking a bit more. Um, I, I mean, we have Stephen Goff reporting. There were grumbles amongst certain players about how things were going and how they felt things were going. I think also there may have been a situation developing where they brought guys in and there were guys who were brought in that were like, this is crazy. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're running us into the ground. Now that you're there, I think they did earnestly want to do what Hernan wanted. And I think also they were promised maybe from Hernan that this would lead to fewer injuries. Well, now we have, you know, we, we have players that are out right now. We have players that we're having to pull out due to precautionary reasons. We have players that are picking up injuries. And I think that does play a role in, in maybe their thought process. They're like, you were promised that if we instituted these policies, that players would be healthier, things would go smoother. And I think it was up to a point. And then we got into the games and we're kind of back in the same situation. Uh, right. Saturday is going to be rough. I think long-term fans remember the sports hernias, the hamstrings, mm -hmm. the con injuries happen. And uh, these are different injuries, right? Like this, these are, these are repetitive stress injuries basically for the most part, but, um, but, but to his credit, he's had the, he's had the training facility. He's had the yep. staff he wanted. For, he's had for all one, of for yeah. eight games <laughs> for a half for eight games in the off season. He's had those things more. He's had, he's had, I mean, he's had the training facility for longer than that. I mean, that training facility has been open for at least a few months now. Uh, yeah, they had the off season. Previous. The off season, I think, is when they came in. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've got we've got some voicemails. We had so many calls, folks. You can keep calling, but we <laughs> we had some voicemails. Bianca wants to know what they think the bar is for the player to be happy. Would they just have to get rid of the Wang? Is it hydration typing because it seems like that's the standard for the bare minimum for European soccer teams? So uh, I wanted to wonder where you think the bar was. I, I think honestly, I think it was the fines. I think he apparently he was fining players if they did not meet a certain weight. Yeah, I think I think I think negative motivation, negative energy, 
projected at players over things is not the way to go, um, especially for professionals. If you feel like a player is overweight, that they're not fit. There is a perfectly valid option that that make them run, I guess. Make, make them run laps. Make, um, maybe not make them run, but also not give them playing time. You know, be encouraging. I, I think his his philosophy ran thin and he didn't have the ability to adapt to say. And I think he did. Honestly, I think he tried to correct it a bit. I think it might have been too late when he starts talking. He was asked about last season and he's like, well, you know, it was, you know, there was the pandemic, you know, so I there was a very different time when I came in. And he tried to walk, he almost tried to walk some things back. And I almost took that as, oh, he's learned. You can't just, you know, berate professionals the entire time and expect to get away with it. We've got some comments here that, so fat was not the only guideline. If you remember the preseason, they had, they had extensive metrics on blood oxygen. They had, they had, they paid money for a specific system that gave you a better picture of health. Weight and fat is being talked about because it was the thing that Julian talked about. Uh, But clearly he was having to do that because players were not doing what he asked them to do. Uh, That is, that's the problem, right? Like you, you, it's a carrot and a stick. The carrot is playing time. The stick is a fine. The stick can be not playing time, I guess, but I guess it depends on the player. If it's a player on the periphery that was never going to play anyway, like it's hard, it's hard to motivate those players if they can't self-motivate. If you've got a rule, they've got to follow that rule or, or something. So there's just, there's just no way to really some, sometimes it's just hard to, to square that circle. Yeah. I think we're coming up on an hour and I, I want to thank everybody for their calls. We're still missing a lot of detail. I, we didn't really get a chance to examine the front office's culpability in this as much. We sort of focus on the players because that's sort of where the conversation has been today. I think we'll continue to examine that particularly probably in the next week. Um, uh, on our next show, because this is going to be a story for a while. We'll have the game. We'll see what Chad Ashton's first uh, first time uh, in the his second reign of interim, uh, how that goes. But I, I think this is going to be a longer term question. It's about what does this team want to be? What is its long term goals? Are there roster changes that continue that still need to happen, or will a change in mentality and a change in for lack of better words, vibes in the locker room and in training, will that really will that really change the on-field performance to the degree where this where this team is a playoff team and winning in the playoffs? We'll see. We've got a we've got a hell of a long time to figure that out because the season's just started. It's April, uh, and we're gonna get to we're gonna give Chad's gonna get a long run to see what he's all about and see what yeah. these players are all about. He, he, he is, he's, he is going to get a long run. I think he gets till the summer before I know they have said, I think they, a lot of people are, I think are taking the word, Oh, we're going to give him till the end of the year. If this, if this is not going well by June, July, you know, they are going to say, okay, let's get somebody in here. Let's figure out summer window, European window closes out. Let's figure out who we can hire to, to bring into this situation and to potentially make it better. Um, I, I think he's going to get a long run. I think he's going to get a better run. I mean, this team is still very much alive. Hunt, where last season it was very clearly not um, not alive. I, I think there were some other things maybe I wanted I, I wanted to get to. I think uh, Douglas brought it up about how they are doing. They are doing. They did the same things about, and I think this is where Fabian Herbers was talking about how he was. They were doing the same things that that uh, DC was doing. But he seemed to more frame it like it was more of a positive experience. And I wonder if that might have been the, the miss here with or not. Like he was doing these things, but not coming from it from a positive light, not coming from an encouraging light. Um, and I think that can be just as effective as maybe some of the, the negatives, the fines, everything else. Either way, it's, it is what it is right now. It's done. I think you brought up a good point about the front office. Ashton's in for now. Uh, he's in till the end of the year, presumably. I think if this thing goes worse, I think you see him. Get Why do you changed. fire him? Why? Who and who would take that job after the well, second coach you was fired? You don't. You don't fire him. But if things are going really, really awful, you then need to think maybe about bringing somebody in to give him that half of a season. I think this is a full audition. I think they are saying those eight months to say, Chad, you've been a, a reliable assistant with us for years. Let's see what you got till the end of the year. If this, been, team, if this team goes on a run, makes the playoffs, 
I don't know how it's the same thing as Chris Ward. I don't know how you don't give him the job. If he, if he does a good job at motivating this team, getting this team moving forward. And, you know, honestly, former players, Chris Seitz is out here saying like, this guy actually knows what he's doing. He, I feel like there are so many DC fans out there that discount Chad Ashley. Now, I'm not saying I think he because he didn't interview. He's not interviewed anywhere else. No other teams are sniffing around him. We've had three assistant coaches in the last five years that have become head coaches in MLS. Davy Davy Arnold has a has a high job. Josh Wolf, uh, Nolan Sheldon. All of these all of these assistants are hot commodities. Only one guy has continued to stay here and has looked and gone nowhere. That's why, from my perspective, he's not. If you have a if you have a person at your job who stayed there for 25 years and has never been promoted and they're in that, in that job, you say they don't have they don't have ambition, and that's fine. You don't have to have ambition, but that means I don't want to promote you because you don't have ambition. There, I, that's there. What? Why is it that Brian Schmetzer has never been? scouted or looked for a higher position considering the situation he has at Seattle. There are certain coaches, there are certain coaches that fit within the system and fit within the organization. And I think Chad Ashton might be that coach. I I will say nobody was sniffing around Brian Schmetzer. Nobody, nobody was sniffing around him. He takes over for Seattle, gets his team to MLS. And I'm not saying Chad Ashton's going to do that. Let me be clear. I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm just saying there are certain there is a certain argument to be made. And actually, there's been a lot of people that have said that if Brian Smetcher went somewhere else, he'd be an absolute failure. He fits really well within the Seattle system. He knows that. And that's why he stays here. So with that said, I understand your, your argument. Hey, why hasn't he been sniffed around, you know, another, you know, another coaching or another area? All I will say is that he might just fit really well with his, within DC United. So honestly, he's got eight months to prove it. He's got eight months to right now for, for all we know, he's got eight months to prove it. And he has a couple games to get it together. This team might start flying. We'll see. I don't think it, I, I think it's going to be middling at best. I think it's going to be like win some, lose some. And I think this team is going to be kind of struggling this year. Um, but honestly, yeah. they they can ill afford. They can really ill afford to be struggling. And I think that's the biggest problem and why they made this move. It was like, go ahead, rip that Band-Aid off because we've already signed, you know, we've already started signing contracts for multiple years. We signed Andy Dahar for multiple years. We just signed a new designated player for multiple years. And now we got to figure out how we're going to, how we're going to figure this out. So and, and- I, as, as a season ticket holder, I'll just say that I feel this move i understand they want to get they want to try him out i feel like it is a white flag for the season i've uh, for me Aaron was a stand-in for the fan the fan says i want you to replace these players i want you to spend more i want you to do more things are things are things of a higher standard this club should be in a different place than it is and chad ashton is probably not going to be the guy who has like i said before is the system he's the man he has been here forever. He's not going to, he is not going to say peep and that's fine. But from my perspective, as a guy who has to, I've only gone four games. I have a whole bunch more soccer to watch this season. And I am not filled with the confidence of aspiration and the, the idea of like, I know what this team wants to be and they could fall short, but I know what the, I know what the hope is. And I see what the vision is and we'll get there or we won't get there. Now I don't feel that at all. And I don't know is it is it now i am wanting to go back to the ben olsen years of yore where we can scrap it out and maybe make it maybe scrape in and and that's and that's going to be good and ben ben never asked for more he he that was the that when he left he was i he was the good soldier he never he never poked the bear he he knew that he had what he had and he just worked and worked and worked and got the best out of what he could get I was just excited to not have to do that anymore. I was excited to like, <laughs> I was excited to have like hope of, of something better. And and now I don't have it and, and we got to deal with that. And I, and let me be clear. I am, I am fighting right now because basically yesterday just turned everything, <laughs> turned everything upside down. And I'm fighting because I have been a fan for so long. I've been a fan since I was a kid and I absolutely care about this team. And I, I, I love I get I get more emotional about this team than just about any other soccer team I watch. And that's why I can't 
imagine a situation in which I don't have at least some hope for the future. And that maybe is my brain trying to compartmentalize. (laughs) (laughs) I, I am trying to trying to hold this hold what I think is this thing together. So someone asked if this was, a, if I'm playing devil's advocate or is this my bit? This is honestly is a little bit of my bit. I feel everything you're feeling, John, 100%. I feel the sense of there was a direction. There was everything going forward for this. And now it's like, what do we have? Well, we have Chad Ashton. We have a couple players that I think are pretty decent, but what do we have as far as the vision going forward? And I think like, again, I go back, honestly, to my frustration with the fact that this team has not been clear about what they want. What do they see this team as? Honestly, there's one thing to have a coach out there saying that. It comes a lot. Honestly, everything, like I go back to Philadelphia, everything flipped around once this team was like, hey, we're not going to be able to spend the money. And honestly, that that I think would be just a an admission that I think would go a lot further than they think it would if they just said, look, we cannot spend the money of the Atlantis. We can't do that. What we can do is we can invest in this team. We can invest in a training facility. We can invest in academy. We can invest in Loudon. We're already seeing the fruits of the idea of mm-hmm. the fact that Loudon United exists. We've seen Jackson Hopkins come out and play like a boss at 17 years old. We've seen Griffin Yao show some things. We've seen Ted Pietro show some things. I wish this team would just go that route and just say, we can't spend that money. Go do that. And that's why like, I have hope because I see those little things. I see those things underneath the surface, underneath the fact that like we can't spend, you know, money on a high-priced South American designated player for $15 million, but we can bring in maybe some good pieces that can support some guys and then we can have some great academy talent. I think that is the biggest problem with DC United right now is that nobody is out there at a higher level giving a bigger vision. It's great yeah. to have a coach saying this is the style of game we want to play, but it, it it needs to be bigger than that. And that's what's missing right now from this team. So that and that and that's my biggest anger and my biggest frustration with this team. Yeah, I think the challenge for them saying that will be that then they would have to explain why their tickets are more expensive than many tickets in MLS. <laughs> so if they're like, well, listen, we don't have enough money to compete. I'm like, all right, well, if you're going to give me an inferior product, you're going to have to give me cheap prices. And they don't they do not do that. From a season, yeah. if you compare the season ticket price across the league, it's it's pricey. But that's about DC. And anyway, anyway, folks, we have had a yeah. great <laughs> this is a great episode. Please make sure you're subscribed uh, to this page, this Twitch page. You'll get an alert every time we go live at eight thirty. Make sure you subscribe to the United ninety six podcast. And if you're also a new listener and you like the spirit, we've got a spirit podcast. Uh, we that goes live nine p.m. on Monday nights, and that comes out on Thursdays. Called Kindred Spirits DC. So check that out. Follow us. This is a crazy opportunity here uh, to really discuss something breaking news as it happened almost and get your guys' input. We love we love taking calls. Uh, that has waned off, I think, oftentimes. And this was a great opportunity to, to get the fan voice uh, in the conversation. That's something that's missing oftentimes. We love to put it in there. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, it really means a lot. I, again, apologize. It's the Open Cup, my friends. We all love the Open Cup. The magic of the cup. <laughs> <laughs> magic of a cup was real today guys please uh check us out next week we'll be live monday i'm sure talking about the new england game where uh flores drops a hat trick that's what i'm gonna go ahead and call right now we'll get you guys next week vamos vamos